0: You're now watching IQEC News. Hello and welcome to IQEC
1: News Tonight. My name is Andrew Kirov. I'm going to be your main anchor for the evening. I was just taking a walk along an Australian river the other week, as uh, I tend to do. And uh, I don't always start things off with a narrative, but I figured I would tonight because it fits in with our topic. And I was taking this walk and I looked from side to side. There There were people walking around me. Of course, we stayed six feet apart from each other because there was a pandemic going on. But I looked down and I into the water and I spotted a creature that I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Was it a mammal? Was it a fish? Was it a duck? I really had no idea. And what that animal was, was of course a platypus. Now I don't know very much about platypus biology. I haven't looked into that as much as I've looked into things like panda biology and the biology of Johnny Appleseed. But I was immediately struck by it and wanted more information. So I immediately sent our reporter, Katherine Huntley, to figure out more about exactly what a platypus is. She joins us now live in the field with more. Katherine, what can you tell us?
2: Hi, Andrew. Well, it's a it's a bit of a crazy scene out here now. Uh, Outback Steakhouse has just offered a buy one, get one for their shrimp. It has been crazy, but... We didn't have the budget for me to fly to Australia, so I am here at the local outback talking to Northlanders about the new platypus facts that they know. Um, people seem me pretty confused here. I've had to explain that platypus are, in fact, animals and not something that people usually eat. But, Catherine,
1: but but before we move on can can you clarify um how do i plural how do you pluralize platypus is it is it plat is it just platypus is it platypuses platypi how do you do that
2: Um i'm pretty sure it's a platypie which is also my yeah. favorite thing to have on thanksgiving But,
1: but you but, okay but to clarify you just said that we don't usually eat uh platypi <laughs>
2: Well, yes, but that's just the form of the word you understand. So when a word ends with US, you usually put an I on it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, you were explaining to the people there at Outback Steakhouse what a platypus is.
2: Yes. And I will explain stuff to you later once I take your job. Um, So let me just say here at at Outback Steakhouse, people are really confused because they're going there trying to help the Australian wildfire effort because most people in the northland don't know yet that the wildfires are actually put out
1: okay all right so all right. so okay so wildfires now uh, it is correct there were a lot of wildfires there in australia um and you you're you're telling us now that they're put out okay so anyway so australia did have wildfires and that's I think it is. It, that's why I was near water when I was walking there, because as I was walking, I, I knew that if the fires reached very close to me, I could jump into the water. Fortunately for me, I didn't have to do that. I just looked down, and I saw the platypi. And what's great about platypi is that they're in water, they live by water, and so they're very, very comfortable. Yeah, around that and it's very difficult to kill them with fire now be- the, the wildfires were likely caused by a variety of weather conditions we now go to our own nick isaacson who has the weather forecast nick
0: uh hey thank you andrew uh, i'm here with the weather in australia uh you gotta know it's a really hot temperature out here uh, as the fires still have continued to blaze Uh, The great big fire in the sun still has yet to be put out. Uh, People are trying and attempting to spray water directly at it, but they are missing completely, filling up local rivers and lakes, uh, just making more and more habitat for the platypi. It's said, too, that it was going to rain later today, but I don't think that's going to happen as all the clouds in Australia have moved away. That was that was okay. That was
1: an interesting. Uh, that was an interesting like uptick in your voice to end on. I didn't know your sentence was over. Now we just heard Catherine tell us that the wildfires are actually over. You're telling us that is not true because in fact uh, the clouds have moved away.
0: Uh, that is correct. Uh, I, I decided I would uh, talk to the local meteorologist group that lives here in Australia in Queensland itself. Uh, we. What's uh, that group called? Oh, that would be the Queenslands. Uh, uptaking energy near uh, weather, uh, Queenwa as it's called. And
2: yes. we decided to earlier.
0: Yes. Uh, so I met with Queenwa earlier today. We were deciding, we decided mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, take a look at the, the charts going on. Uh, and it seems as though all the clouds perhaps could be migrating uh, in an attempt to form hurricanes off the coast. Uh, and if that's the case, they won't be close enough to put out the flames Uh, with the water that they uh, suck up but it's unfortunate that they may have uh, an effect in which the wind uptake starts more and the fires only get worse uh you're likely hearing reports uh, over in the u.s that there are no longer fires but i think that might just be because none of the u.s cameras can see past the hurricanes Interesting,
1: there, Nick, because now, you know, as we as we have heard earlier in the newscast, we have been hearing reports that those that those fires are over. But that was a very good scientific explanation you just gave us. Now, Nick, we started this broadcast talking about platypi as we often do, and so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how are these fires affecting platypi, and how might the platypi be affecting the fires.
0: Well, as I said earlier, uh, as people try to put out the fires in the sky, uh, the big ball of fire in the sky with their um, with their hoses, they are missing and creating more rivers and lakes uh, mm. to be flood over, thus giving more territory over to the platypi themselves. Uh, it seems as though um, I, I, this isn't quite weather related, but I, I, I'm getting some breaking news here. Uh, it seems as yeah. though. The platypi are trying to join parliament here in Australia as they've now taken over at least 20% of the landmass. Fantastic reporting there,
1: Nick. And of course, as you know, Australian law is if a species takes over at least 20% of the landmass, that gives them automatic representation in parliament, and so we will continue to be following this story as it evolves, but again, to go back to Platypi, to go back to their biology, I have still not gotten an answer on exactly what they are, on exactly how they evolved, and exactly how I can finally meet one, and how I can finally get one in my home fish tank. Now, these wildfires are burning, which a lot of people think are bad, and they are bad. Don't get me wrong about that. However, they do create a lot more fields. What do we Do with fields, we play sports in them. Our own Kane Walner is now joining us talking to us about the sports impact these wildfires and these platypi have. Kane, what can you tell us?
3: Well, thank you, Andrew. Yes, the uh the, the large uh uh amounts of fires that have affected many of the uh national and local sports. Uh, Thankfully, though, our very own Superior Platypi were able to take on the Duluth Chihuahuas, and uh, they were able to win uh, uh, one of the two-game series. Uh, They were able to win 3-1. to Uh, A great job.
1: uh, In what sport sport sport. was that?
3: Uh, This was in baseball, Andrew, of course. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Come on. Now, they were able to win 3-1 in the first game of the two-game series. Uh, Jose Sanchez had a great, great (laughs) (laughs) six-inning.
1: He, Jose Sanchez is a a very uh, stereotypical superior name. Yes. Well,
3: no, he's he's one of the great pitchers, Andrew, as yeah. you know. Uh uh again, Jose did a great job. He pitched 6 innings. Uh uh then he gave up one run and then of course he's taken out uh by the relief pitcher, uh John Johnson. <laughs> came in and pitched the final 3 innings, uh giving wow. the Superior platypie the win over the Duluth Chihuahuas
1: now Kane uh how are both the platypi and the chihuahuas doing on the season
3: well the uh the platypi have actually uh done fairly okay they're at 500 uh for their record for the season but the chihuahuas uh are really just getting kicked around uh this season they're not that happens a lot with
1: chihuahuas yes yes
3: well you know these chihuahuas aren't doing that great this season The, the the duluth chihuahuas just really are not up to snuff and just getting kicked in the face this season but uh the Superior uh, are, are they're, they're holding their own in, this, in the region, and uh, they're sitting at about 500.
1: Kane, I've heard you give great sports analysis over the years. You talk about football. You talk about basketball. You talk about everything. I haven't heard you talk quite as much about baseball, but it's very interesting to get your take on this. Now, as we're talking about the Duluth Chihuahuas, you're saying they're having a subpar season. They're getting kicked around. What do you attribute that to?
3: Uh, I attribute that to uh, poor fielding. Uh, uh, I mean, their, their star player, Byron Buxton, uh, yes, <laughs> Byron Buxton. was Wow.
1: Byron NFL. Buxton's career has gone downhill.
3: It has. It has. His inability to hit at the major league level has sent him down all the way down to the uh, Duluth Chihuahuas and, and <laughs> spiraling out of control, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it's spiraling out of control now. Kane, as I mentioned before, here, um, you know, again, and it's very interesting to get that local sports take from right here in Duluth Superior, the Twin Ports. Now, we were talking about these wildfires in Australia. We were talking about the real life platypi. How have uh, how have the sports down there in Australia been affected by both the fires and the platypi? (laughs) Well,
3: internationally. Andrew, as you know, the the fires are just really uh, destroying many of the uh, uh, playable fields in Australia. So many of their sports, uh, uh, baseball, uh, uh, croquet, uh, (laughs) their local fishing economy, you know, just a whole bunch of of life. And uh, the fabric of Australian life has been affected. But yes, as you said specifically, uh, uh, the sports world is extremely impacted by these fires. Mm-hmm. Uh again. And and your heart goes out to these these great Australians who who are trying to protect their natural wildlife and these beautiful platypus. I mean platypi.
1: Now who are some of the great uh, Australian athletes who have been impacted by this Kane?
3: Um Steve Steve Chelson, uh who is a of course. great yep, Steve Chelson, the uh the great croquet player. Uh he once mm-hmm. broke Two mallets over his coach's head uh when the coach pull him off the field. Yeah. Yeah, pretty memorable. Uh uh, again, what are the
1: substitution rules in croquet, Kane?
3: Well, there's only three players uh per team, Andrew. And uh so as his coach uh uh Chuck Johnson tried to pull him off, he uh, uh he got upset, took a mallet, whacked him over the head uh, broke the mallet, took a second mallet, and whacked him over the head again, and it was just a really gruesome sight. Uh, uh, one of the one of the most terrible days in all of international croquet.
1: Now, how is Chuck Johnson doing after that? You say it was very gruesome.
3: Yes, he's he's been in the hospital uh, in a in an induced coma for the last eight months. Uh, uh, but the family have reported that uh, he's doing well, uh, as well as can be and that uh if there's any other updates he'll they'll uh they'll be sure to let everyone know
1: kane thank you so much and uh again that was kane walner talking about sports both here in the twin ports and in australia now uh we we are going to go one more time to katherine huntley who is still live at outback steakhouse Catherine, how's the food there
2: sorry my uh my photographer forgot to turn my microphone on.
1: Blaming the photographer. Sorry. That's uh, typical. Oh, All right, I'll Catherine. To to uh, but again, how now I'm asking you how the food is at Outback Steakhouse.
2: Well, let me just tell you, there is nothing better than this French onion soup. And let me tell you a little bit later, there also will be nothing better than this French onion soup when I get to smell it again. But
1: Catherine, okay. so are you telling me you do not have a sense of smell right now?
2: (laughs) No, but once once my (laughs) digestive system hits it, then it really brings out like the true aromas of the onion, which are one of nature's best smelling vegetables.
1: Catherine, are you telling me that French onion soup is both delicious and makes you fart?
2: I would say both, which is like two for one good.
1: Yes, and now I hear there are some two-for-one good offers there at Outback Steakhouse.
2: Yes, I would say the Bloomin' Onion, but I don't believe they have that here because they never are giving it to me. I actually haven't even asked, so I'm not really sure what they have here. I haven't really seen many people working. I've just honestly been wandering into the kitchen and seeing what I could try. Um, Okay,
1: so you've been wandering into the kitchen. How was that received? How did the kitchen workers... uh, react to you walking into that kitchen uh with your incompetent photographer
2: well the thing is is i worked in restaurants for a long time yeah. you just have to go in say behind a few times hot behind hot behind and i say that all the like, time
1: so i'd yeah. blend in yeah
2: yeah andrew you have to stop saying that to me i, I don't really appreciate it um so, but yeah, everyone in the kitchen seems to like it. I run some food out to the tables. Customers seem to be pretty happy at the local Outback Steakhouse these days. So all's good here.
1: Excellent. That's excellent to hear. And now, Catherine, uh, you're at the Outback Steakhouse. Eventually, you're going to have to come back to the studio here. And uh, Nick Isaacson's going to give us an update on how the weather might be <laughs> on the drive back from Outback to the studio. Nick, what can you tell us?
0: Well, uh, the roads are clear. Uh, I'm getting a lot of ash coming out. Uh, I don't know if any any uh, uh, of the Australian uh, 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 volcanoes have erupted, but there's plenty of ashes going around. Uh, otherwise, the roads are clear. It's hard to see. Wipers don't do a whole lot uh, as the fires are melting. My windshield glass, though, and it's harder and harder to see as to where I'm going. At. Oh, God! Whoa! okay, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. Uh, Nick, tried, are you okay? I oh my gosh! I uh, sorry, I almost ran over a platypie as I was uh-huh. driving. Uh, they seem to be encroaching farther and farther. Um, I did just so happen to uh get some interview from the the local the head of Queenwa while we were there, however, and I can play that now. Uh, while we're uh, while I am you know trying to get safely. Through this drive back to the Northland.
1: Absolutely, I, th- I think we'd love to hear that sound that you got earlier today, Nick.
0: <laughs> Hi, I, uh, I'm here with local Queenwa uh, leader. Uh, Hi, good day, mate. Uh, hello, uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, um, Chippy, Chippy Ragmo, uh, yes. The the leader of the of Queenwa here in Queensland, Australia. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the, the tornadoes that are forming off the coast? Well,
4: it's just right, uh, really dangerous here, Nick. You've got a really big castle out here in the outback. You've got these dangerous tornadoes coming out, and they're just really destroying destroying the ecosystems.
0: Oh, wow, destroying yeah. Destroying
4: everything, destroying homes, destroying the, uh, the livelihoods of people out here in Australia.
0: How much How much land would you say, gets affected uh, annually by tornadoes?
4: At least 20 to 30 square feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that is quite a number. Um, now, how how would you expect that this is getting, you know, how how are the wildfires being affected So oh, by these tornado efforts?
4: Now well, you got the fire, the fire starts down in the bush
0: right right it starts down in the bush. bush
4: is there and then it just
0: expands
4: the winds expand oh fire. wow and the fire just grows and goes and grows until are it you, gets out into the outback
0: are you worried about
4: the, the
0: are you are, uh 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 chipley are you worried at all about the fires taking over 20 percent or thing. more of the land I, uh, (laughs) Chipley? I think Chipley, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I think Chipley, I think Chipley just just fainted. (laughs)
1: Okay, we are no longer getting sound from Chipley. Now, interesting that uh, Chipley did mention there, Nick, that the fires start down in the bush. And because these are the only jokes I can think of when I'm improvising, we go to our own expert on fires in the bush, (laughs) Catherine Huntley. Catherine, what can you tell us about uh, fires in the bush that you've experienced?
2: Well, I would like to say I'm a little confused by someone who's clearly from the Republic of Ireland, is the head of Queenwa. I'm a little confused with that right now. We're all confused
1: by that, but I've chosen to move on and ask you about fires in your bush. Catherine, what can you say?
2: Well, you know, the bush here, it's well-maintained. There are very good landscapers. Get out out of the kitchen!
0: (laughs) We told you to get out of the kitchen!
1: (laughs) Get out now! (laughs) Okay, so there's very good landscapers there on your bush, Catherine. I'm
2: I'm sorry, those were my landscapers. Um, I need to come back out, <laughs> right, guys. I'll see you Why later. Why are your
1: landscapers um, yelling at you for being in the kitchen?
2: Well, we got I, a hot one. Yes, I, okay. Get thank you. I I've heard that a lot tonight. Okay, we need to stop saying that to me. I'm gonna get a little excited. Not excited. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking a lot about how excited I am. People call Free me hot. Bird.
1: Catherine, how will how will sexual harassment from your landscapers impact your bush moving forward?
2: I think it's going to be a little uh, not as well maintained if I would if I would be perfectly honest.
1: How do you, you know, usually maintain it?
2: Um, I just frankly, I just don't like a lot of a lot of shrubbery around my house because it's uh-huh. you know, there's all, always a lot to maintain. So if you just pull it out by the root one by one, it's usually a lot easier to handle.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, that's now person now, that
2: I do. It's a lot of hard work, but, you know, somebody's got to
1: do it. Somebody's got to do it, and that person is Catherine's landscaper who happens to be from the Republic of Ireland. His name is Patrick Murphy, and uh, Patrick Murphy is here now talking about what it's like to pull out shrubbery by the root. Patrick, what can you say?
4: Boy, when you pull pulling it out, shrubbery <laughs> out of the Straight root. Back. When you're pulling it out of. Uh, when you're pulling it out of the root, you got to really get in there deep sure it's down in the root and you pull it out as hard as you can.
1: Now, how, how, how long have you been a landscaper and what made you want to get into this line of work?
4: Hi, uh, Andrew, that's a great question. I've been a landscaper for 69 years and I've always found that shrubbery is the greatest, greatest bit of greatest bit of work a man could do with his hands
1: now now you say it's the greatest amount of work a man can do with his hands talk to me about what it feels like when you're working with that shrubbery oh
4: that the shrubbery is pointy and jaggedy and and rough and coarse but once you get that shrub pulled out oh boy it's just so silky smooth like a baby's bottom
1: Catherine, can you confirm that that is, uh, in fact, the great work that Patrick Murphy does for you?
2: I would say that, but he usually leaves a lot of residue and dirt all over the place, and I'm not really sure. I wish he would clean it up at the very end
1: interesting now uh we have various people now here who have been doing interviews who are in on this chat and i'm going to go back to my initial question because we've learned so much so far we've learned about shrubbery we've learned about tornadoes in australia we've learned about the menu at outback steakhouse we've learned about wildfires can anyone tell me exactly what a platypus is Uh, and and how I should look at it biologically.
2: Uh, Catherine here over at Outback. I do think it's a marsupial because I think that's the only thing that's ambiguous enough for nobody to really call me out on it if they don't know about platypi.
1: Catherine, thank you so much for that. And uh, for all of you for watching tonight, I'd like to thank Kane Wallner, Nick Isaacson, and Catherine for their contributions. And I'd, of course, like to thank our guests. This has been the newscast tonight. It starts with an IQ and there's two other letters that I don't remember. Have a great night.
0: That was IQEC brought to you by... Steakhouse Outback Steakhouse flat pie 2 for 1 When you need some food and you go out back come and get a hefty stack of flat pie and french onion 2 for 1